For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything college football recap and reaction for week number 12. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. We've got a lot to talk about. My goodness gracious, this was was epic. This was... A bad weekend. It was bad juju for the sport of college football. Bet against your own team. That's it. Well, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I, I didn't bet against them this week. Doesn't matter. Does I, it? it doesn't matter. It's it's, a, it's all karmic. It is no, all no. karmic. No, I, it's terrible. It is bad for football, and it's it's it sucks. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh we'll get into that, of course. Uh first things first though, of course, you can find us over at winningcureseverything.com, all of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. We appreciate you guys for jumping in here. Of course, the show brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi. The South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six incredible sports books. You can find them all over at Winning Cure. No, over at tunicatravel.com. Gracious. Got to get my, my wits about me this morning. It's all right. <laughs> Yesterday wrecked me, man. Wrecked me. Um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and fire in. Let's go ahead and talk. First topic, the biggest topic of the day, and that would be Alabama 38, Mississippi State 7, but... You lose to a Tonga Valoa for the rest of the year, probably for the rest of his college career. He's gone. It was a dislocated hip with a posterior wall fracture, which was similar to Bo Jackson in a way. Yes. Uh, yeah. They were able to reduce it immediately, so that's good. Like Bo Jackson, that was one of the main problems that he had. He, he didn't reduce it. It cut off something to do with the, whatever it is, something going to the femoral head. Science yeah. is better 20 years later. Yes, much better. It, he is expected to make a full recovery, but this is awful. Just, it's going to be a long process. This is this is not a, a, in six months, he'll be in the combine. Yeah, it's, it, that is, that's not happening. That, no, um, no, but it does not... It, it may hurt his draft stock, but it's not going to necessarily affect his career. So that is a good thing. 
So we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. We got Ghost Dog Fifty in YouTube jumping in saying, "How about them dogs?" And we'll uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. No worries. But uh, but yeah, as far as this goes, like that that was not the only injury for Alabama. We should have known right off the bat that this was going to be a weird day because before the game started in Starkville, they announced over the loudspeaker that there were bats in Davis Wade Stadium that were high risk for rabies and that if you ran across one to make sure that you notify authorities, that's when you know that it's like, doesn't it seem like... a rabies bat chase me. Let me grab my phone real quick and call somebody. That's what I'm saying. Like, don't you think... What the hell is going on? Don't you think at some point that maybe they they don't play the game until they clear the bats out or something like that that seems high risk for for 50,000 plus people right like am i crazy for thinking that what what this tells me is mississippi's getting soft that's what that tells me <laughs> how are those things still alive we got yeah. more guns in this state than anywhere in the world we we don't have an active shooter problem we, well let's just kill those things we've got there are 10,000 people in that stadium capable of destroying these bats. Yes. Probably own their person in the game. <laughs> okay? I know I these mean, it's people. unreal. There are people, and and that is that is absolutely true, and I, I want to know how this thing wasn't eradicated in 20 minutes. It, yeah, I agree. I agree. It should have been handled this, this pregame. This is the one state that I would think we're not going to have a bat problem. Yes, I, I think you are right. Or any other problem, by that matters. <laughs> so, of course, Mississippi State ends up with several injuries. Kylan Hill, you know, the SEC's leading rusher, goes out. He's on crutches by the end of the game. Um, their linebacker, CJ... Oh, no, what is his, what's his last name? Montgomery? Nope, I don't remember. Either way, uh, CJ, whatever, he goes out with, a, uh, with an injury. So, and then there was somebody else from Mississippi State that went out, but I think came back later. Alabama had Raquan Davis, defensive lineman, starting senior defensive lineman. DJ Dale, starting freshman defensive lineman. That's two-thirds of their defensive line that go down. They had Henry Ruggs go out with a bruised rib. Uh, DJ Dale was a, a, a sprained knee. They said Raquan Davis was a sprained ankle, but, man, it looked a whole lot like a knee. And I don't think either one of those guys are coming back before the end of the season. Yeah, I don't either. So, I mean, this was just uh, nightmare fuel is what this was. It was the worst possible thing. And Alabama has had the injury bug for three years now. I mean, going back to the 2017 National Championship year with all the linebackers that went out, before the season this year, you had Josh McMillan and uh, uh, Dylan Moses, who was the quarterback of the defense. You know, it just the guy on defense that you cannot lose, and you lose him, now you lose Tua for the rest of the year. I mean, they are as banged up as it gets. That is that is the most deflated. Of course, I'm an Alabama fan, for anybody that doesn't know. Um, that's the most deflating 31-point win I've ever felt in my entire life. That was unbelievable. I think it was R.J. Jenkins was the linebacker. It was C.J. Something. They don't have a C.J. on the roster. Man, I could RJ. No, no, this was a, a linebacker. I'll, he I'll plays linebacker. Out. He's a junior. Maybe it is. I don't know. Either way, either way, yeah, it, this was this killed playoff hopes. Uh, our Northwestern buddies 
all you know, we're throwing in. This is a team people could get behind. Remember Ohio State those, in? Those are, those are, I think those were mockery. Yes, they are a hundred percent that. Yes, this is you know something that I mean, and it probably is. If the logo was different and the coach was different, then yeah. you're probably right. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I, I said it in the group. The this offense is built around Tua Tagovailoa. No it's it's a hundred percent built around that. For three points after he went out of the game. Yeah, like and and same thing happened with Tennessee. Now he looked great. Like Mac Jones looked great against Arkansas. Well, but yeah, who but hasn't I, looked great man, against Arkansas? Arkansas got beef. That's what I'm saying. Arkansas's been getting drummed by everybody. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. So like, I'm, I, I'm serious. Do you think? It, and this is going to be a change of subject, but a little bit on the same track. Do you think that that Burrow should play in the Arkansas game? Uh, I wouldn't. I mean, I. Well, in I mean, hindsight, maybe look, this is just recency bias. I just watched Tua go down. I, I think it's recency bias. I I don't think you hold a kid like you cannot be scared of injuries. I just I I don't believe in being scared of injuries. So I I agree with that to an extent. If a guy is already injured and has is not a hundred percent, then I absolutely think if this is a game that we don't need him in, then we don't play. I we we disagree on that. That doesn't mean you're afraid of injuries. That means every little injury can turn into a bigger injury later. You know, is Burrow if injured? His ankle, if his ankle wasn't hobbled. Could he gotten away from that pass rush and gotten out of bounds without getting hit? Like, would he have been a step or two faster and and not taken that lick? Like, there's a million things that could happen to help you not have the one injury or, or so, the one big hit that takes you out of the game. And if you're not at a hundred percent, then then I you know, yeah. I mean, I I understand where you're coming from. I I get it. Like, he looked fine the rest of the day. Like, that injury was, and yes, the ankle could have had something to do with it. It looked fine but, against LSU, and then all of a sudden, they were down by 20, he makes an amazing comeback, and then he's hobbling off the field. It's like, nobody's nobody's hit you since the game started. Did the epidural wear off? Like It totally, totally yes, possible. Yes, it happens. Games last four hours, so that's not that's Yeah, not that's, that's not crazy. Think, uh, by the way, the Mississippi State was, linebacker, uh, it, it wasn't a linebacker, it was a safety, it was C.J. Morgan. C.J. Morgan. Okay, there yeah. was a C.J. Morgan, but there wasn't a C.J. I was about to say, he, he didn't play linebacker. Yeah, so. no, there's C.J. Morgan safety. He went out Got with it. an injury. Uh, so, State took uh, took a brunt of injuries as well, and yes, along with Alabama. Uh, this is not going to be an Ohio State 2014 situation where they had guys drop out and, you know, guys pop back up and, and immediately start looking great, right? This isn't one of those situations. Uh, I will be surprised if Alabama beats Auburn on the planes, but crazier things have happened. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see. I don't think that Auburn is, is a great, great team. I think their offense is severely limited, but yeah, so I don't know how limited, I don't know how limited they'll be against Alabama's defense. Well, does it, your, your defense is limited as well. Yes, very and, much so. Their offense, their defense against your offense. Yeah. That, it's that terrifying. Could be, that could be scary. Yeah. So it I think is, it'll be a good game, but I, I don't see you guys beating them in that situation. Neither do I. I'm curious what the line shift will be for uh, for game of the year lines. So obviously we'll uh, we'll figure those out later this afternoon. Let's right. uh, let's go ahead and jump into the game of the night. Oklahoma 34, Baylor 31, a 25 point comeback after being down 28 to three in the second quarter. That is without Ceedee Lamb. And look, you and I both. As soon as that roll started on 
we were Matt Rule is the best coach ever. Like we saw this coming, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Know that I don't know that that's all not true. Still, no, I, I think you're a hundred percent right. <laughs> but they just don't have the dudes, and Oklahoma has got the dudes. I mean, the talent difference yeah. in this game is unmeasurable. Well, Baylor in the second half ran sixteen plays. That's it. When when Oklahoma stopped giving them the football, at at least giving them you know prime situations to be able to score, because they they gave up two turnovers in the first half. That one was at the twenty seven, and one was at the nine, and like and Baylor converted both of them. So if you're giving them short fields, no problem. But you look back, and it's you know if if they didn't have help, then Baylor was having trouble scoring, and that continued in the second half. They couldn't convert third downs. They turned the ball over themselves. It was, you know, it, if Jalen Hurts had not fumbled going into the end zone in the third quarter, like Oklahoma maybe wins this going away. So, you know, you got you to gotta look at things from a different perspective. Uh, we've got It Shady Games jumped in on YouTube. He said, this game was tough to watch for Bears fans, and we all saw the slow demise in the second half. It was like watching a slow-motion car crash. It's they just needed one or two first downs, and they yeah. could have led the clock to a point where Oklahoma can't win. You just needed a play. You just yeah. needed a play. And and, it, and here's the thing: Brewer hit receivers. Man, those guys were dropping balls like crazy. Oh yeah. that's a, guys like Mims. Like they've got skill guys that have speed. They've got a ton of speed. But there's a reason that they were, you know, three stars. That's right. Like Oklahoma's got four and five stars, and it's you, no doubt you you don't see that kind of stuff uh, rear its ugly head until those prime situations. And Oklahoma, I mean, props to them for uh, for making a fantastic comeback. I do wonder, and we'll get into Big Twelve talk here in a little bit. I like I wonder how the committee is going to look at this game because they obviously didn't think highly of Baylor anyway. So. How does this prop up Oklahoma? How badly does it hurt Baylor? I mean, I I think a, a 10 versus 13 matchup that comes down to a field goal, like I wouldn't imagine either of them move very much. And, no, if this hurts Oklahoma Baylor, it's going to be just wrong. Of course, them being at 13 was wrong to begin with. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, did Baylor wrap up the uh, the Big 12, you know, the other side of the championship game last night? Right. I don't know the answer to that With, because I haven't looked at who everybody else has. I know that they've got to win over everyone, and with Texas having four losses now, then – Well, they, they, they've got three in conference, so I guess it's not wrapped up, but they, they would need Baylor to lose out. They, they um, would have to beat Baylor, and then they would need Baylor. Yeah, you're right. They would need Baylor to basically lose out. That's so right. it is – And they would have to be the tiebreaker on that. Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Texas all have three losses in conference. Yeah. And Baylor and Oklahoma have won. And Baylor has the tiebreaker over everybody but Texas so far. Yep. You got it. So, well, except, well, yeah. Texas Tech is who... Baylor finishes with, but they... Isn't that right? That's who Texas finishes with. That's right. Who does Baylor close with? Let's see. Know. Pulling it up right now. They've got... Oh, Kansas. they got Texas oh. and Kansas. Yeah. So, Baylor, Baylor basically has to... If they win, beat Texas, they go... If they don't, they have to lose to Kansas also to not go. They'd have to lose both of those. I mean, that this could get really squirrely if, if Baylor loses both of those games. I mean, I, I have no idea what the what the situation would be. Like, I guess, they, well, no, they've got it over everybody else. So, 
except for Texas, who would be. Yeah, but the problem is, is does Texas have it over everybody else? Texas does not have it over Iowa State because they nope. lost yesterday. That's right. But they would have it over Baylor. And then Baylor would have it over Iowa State, but not over Texas. Man, that's that that could be really weird. But it, if if that happens, you can go ahead and mark the Big Twelve as out of the playoff. Like that's and it that may that may be happening anyway. Um I don't know. That's we'll know. we'll we'll move to that here here in just a second. Let's move into the SEC's game of the day. And that would be Georgia 21, Auburn 14. Of course, Ghost Dog hopped in. He said, how about them dogs? Auburn had a chance to tie after being down 21 to nothing. I wrote this game off. I moved my my big TV to Minnesota, Iowa, because I had Minnesota, Iowa on the small TV. And and then I, I had Auburn, Georgia, and it got 21 nothing. And I said, that's done. That's That's finito. And I'm still watching Auburn, Georgia on the iPad. And then, of course, on the laptop, I got other stuff going on as well. But, like, I'm watching Auburn, and they they score really quick and come back. And then they get the ball back, and they go down and they score again. Georgia scored early, real fast, 21 points. Their offense went to sleep. Well, they they didn't score their last touchdown until the fourth quarter. Georgia? So they had 14-0 the whole game. Yeah, it was was – uh, fourteen and nothing at the half. Oh no, 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 it was late third quarter when Georgia scored twenty one. Late 21. third quarter. I was about to say it was before the fourth quarter because yeah. that's not. I mean, I didn't get back until then. I was on the I was on the Minnesota game also doing it, the same thing you were doing. It was bananas. Um, it's yeah. just like it. There was no way that Auburn should have had a chance in that game, and yet they had the ball down by seven with receiver just a couple of minutes. Balls. Receiver dropping passes. Yeah. Now I, I will say this: some of the passes that the Knicks. Through, I mean that that last one on that fourth down was, it was supposed to be a touch pass. It was to the wrong side. Yep. It was behind him. It was just bad pass, bad pass. I agree. But but it's going slow enough to where you got to be able to adjust and watch for it. You got to be able to see it and pick the ball up. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's not being rifled in there. It's not a hard slant that's behind you. Hmm. A hard slant that's behind you is impossible to catch because the ball's being fired in there. This thing's being lobbed over there. It's a it's just a little Olay pass. You got to be able to take that. Ghost Dog on on YouTube said Dog's defense was gassed in the fourth. Yeah, they and, were gassed. How, but but what is like how 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 were they gassed? Like I just Auburn I, does what they do. They run the entire game. This is Gus Malzahn's game plan, by the way. This is exactly how he does things. He runs the football, but he runs it sideline to sideline, left to right, all game long. And by the fourth quarter, you got nothing left. They both teams had the same. Uh, Oregon had the same problem, by the way. This is exactly what happened in that Oregon game. And here's my issue with why I don't like the concept of well, they dominated the game until the very end. Yeah, but that the end of the game is still because that's part of the other team's game plan. Yeah, Secretariat was the greatest horse to ever race, and you know what? Every race he ran, except for the Belmont, he came from behind. That was how he ran. That was his game plan. It was his style of play. Which Auburn worked well in those races. Offense. Yes. And so, therefore, they spend the entire first three quarters a beating you up physically with a strong defense to where hopefully your offense is done by then. And they run it sideline to sideline. Even if they get a two-yard gain, your defensive players ran 25, 30 yards. 
every play over and over and over to where you're out of gas. And then in the fourth quarter, they got a shot. Yeah. It's just their style. It's it's how they play the game. Ghost Dog came in. He said too many three and outs on offense, and he he's right. Um, What's well, what Auburn, happened to Baylor? That's Auburn, how you got got. Auburn ran 22 more plays than Georgia did. They uh they completed 30 out of 50 passes, and they both had the same amount of rushing attempts, which was uh, 36. But Georgia was only 13 out of 28 passing. So Auburn had 22 more plays, and yeah, I can understand it. Mike Campion on YouTube jumps in. He said Georgia is overrated. Kirby can only coach from ahead. Way too conservative. Um, I mean, there's something to be said for that. Wait, I, I could see that. The problem is, is even when he's ahead like this, he still has collapses. I don't disagree with that, but I think Kirby's an excellent recruiter. I think he can prepare guys pretty well. I've made this abundantly clear. In-game coaching is atrocious. I mean, just one of the worst in the country. It it definitely reared its ugly head in this Uh, ballgame. But he's got, thankfully, he's got talent. He's got dudes, and so it makes it really hard for him to screw it up. He has for sure got dudes. You uh, You were dead on about that. Let's move into... Next topic, the Big 12, this is more a question than a statement. The Big 12 hurt themselves with ranked losses by Kansas State and Texas. So Kansas State loses 24-20 to at home to uh, a below 500 West Virginia team, and Texas loses to Iowa State 23-21. to That is two of their three bottom-ranked teams that went down yesterday. Of course, Oklahoma State gets the big win 31-13 to over Kansas, but... Having two ranked teams towards the bottom of the top 25 lose uh, to unranked teams, at least, it maybe that doesn't help things as far as the playoff uh, is considered, right? I don't, I don't know that those teams should have been ranked to begin with. I mean, Kansas State has some big wins, and, and yeah, they probably deserved it. Um, that was a shocking one. The Texas one, I mean, Iowa State was a seven-point favorite. I mean, it was, it was plus, what, 280? For yeah. Texas to win the game outright, money line. I mean, come on. Yeah, that, you know, the, they covered the line, but they were not favored to win that game. Yeah, uh, Mike only, jumps in. He only said, people, only sports writers who don't actually follow this stuff see that as an upset because well, they had a ranking by their name. They oh, had a yeah. ranking by their name because of Texas. There are no no other three loss teams up there. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. Uh, Camp uh, Mike Campion jumps in. He said Kansas State was getting too much credit for the win over Oklahoma. Uh, Ghost Dog commenting back on Georgia said, overrated, I could agree. I had my dogs at 9-3 and three, uh, at the start of the year. And uh, Mike, of course, said, I agree 100% with Chris on Kirby Smart. So, uh, yes, I agree with you. Texas having that number in front of their name shouldn't matter. The power ratings, you know, Iowa State had three losses by a combined, what, like seven points? Well, I was just about to say, I, mean, I, think, I thought it was either a touchdown or less than a touchdown, all three losses combined. Yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, they, they've really still got four... Team. Yeah, they just in case people are wondering. Really good football team. <laughs> Iowa State is a good football team. Texas, uh, I mean, they showed life. They were on the road. They oh, they yeah. had a, they had a shot to win. Well, had a chance to win it. I thought they I thought they were going to pull the upset. I thought they were going to make a comeback and win it. That fourth down by Ellinger, yep. to uh, to take the lead there was wonderful. He, Absolutely he's an incredible wonderful. player. I yes. mean, like all of my Texas hate has nothing to do with Sam. That, that dude's a stud. And yeah. There's no question about that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Mike said uh, Texas is beat up with injuries. Iowa State's a great team. Texas has got a lot of dudes back. Like, they're, 
They're young. They were beat up with injuries. This was supposed to be the game where they were going to be healthy. Yeah. And they, you know, is what it is. Uh, Auburn loss doesn't help Oregon in the CFP. Agreed. Agreed. But I I think at this point. It doesn't matter because, I mean, USC's losses keep helping Utah. I mean, come on. Yeah. (laughs) It is what it is. Let's, uh, Let's move on. Next topic. The. Second best team in the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten is blank. I, I have an answer for this. Uh, now, I don't know that you agree with it, but I have an answer for it. And it's the right answer, by the way. Let's let's go through here. It's hundred percent uh, the right answer. Let's talk about all right. So, Penn State thirty-four, Indiana twenty-seven. How Penn State won this game? Uh, it, it was it was talent. Talent won this game. Yes, because this is Oklahoma Baylor. By the way, this is. The, the team with the better athletes won. The other team outplayed them, outcoached them, outschemed them, did everything. They just didn't have the horses to run with them. Yeah. No, I, I think you're 100% right. Indiana did show well, uh, but, man, that fake punt they tried to run. Yeah, what tough. in the world were I they doing? Get them sleeping. Whew. I mean, that's just, just ridiculous. Uh, Wisconsin 37, Nebraska 21. Scott Frost got a two-year extension that was announced mid-game. And then they lose. <laughs> so for anybody that was talking about whether or not Scott Frost would leave or whether Scott Frost would uh, would be fired or anything like that. Four-win four team last year. There's no chance. What's he going to finish with this year? Uh, Mike jumps in on the uh, the Indiana fake punt. He said it was a misread. It, whatever it was, it was bad. It was really, really bad. Um, Michigan 44, Michigan State 10, and Rutgers covered – Against Ohio State, they've played Ohio State closer than anybody else in the Big Ten. So I have an opinion. Maybe about it's Rutgers. This. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I'll share this out with you. Before we get to Iowa twenty-three, Minnesota nineteen, uh, I know what you are going to say about the second best team in the Big Ten. So go right ahead, and I think Mike is uh, is right on this one because he uh, he jumped in on on Facebook and, or on uh, YouTube and gave his opinion. Second best team in the Big Ten right now, today, correct, is Michigan. And yeah. it's not close. It ain't close. Wisconsin is still good, and Wisconsin has that win over them. They play again. Michigan beats the pants off Wisconsin. I Ooh. believe that. This is the Michigan team that we thought we were going to get at the beginning of the season when you and I picked them to go 12-0. and up. This is exactly that team yes. right there. I agree. We didn't think Ohio State was going to be this good, and we thought Michigan was going to be this good. And this was the team that we saw. It took them three or four weeks to get things figured out, get their legs under them, and, and get this offense running. And, and, and the defense could actually be on the sidelines a little bit getting rest so they could actually play well. And we're judging them still by what they look like those first four weeks of the season. Yeah. And that's just patently wrong because this is the defense. This is the offense that, that Harbaugh had envisioned. This is the defense that they've grown and been – for a long time, I think they're the second best team, and I don't think it's close. They play Penn State. They went into a whiteout situation, and a receiver dropped a ball in the end zone to tie the football game. That is maybe a top two or three most hostile environment that you're going to go play college football in, in all of the country. And they were right there in the end. Yeah, I'm I telling agree. you, they play that game again. They they beat they beat this Penn State team like a drum today. Yeah, I think, I think uh, they beat Wisconsin. I can't believe Wisconsin gave up what they gave up on the ground running to Nebraska. Yeah, 
I think uh, I think you're right. I think you're right. Scott um, Frost, four wins right now. Maybe finishes the season. Four wins. Two four-win seasons. Eight wins in one season. Get you a contract extension. Get, get you just two more years. Just, just, just set money on fire in Nebraska. Just keep doing it. Hey, that's, that's what they're doing. Mike jumped in. He said Nebraska's trying to keep uh, his money up to keep Frost. That's that's what it is. They, they, they don't want him to go to Florida State. I'm Great. Betting. Great. All that money gets you eight wins in two years. There you go. Uh, now, let's talk about the big game at Kinnick. You see, I got my... I got my Iowa shirt on. I see you. I see you. Hey, the reason I'm wearing the Iowa shirt, by the way, not because they got the win, but because I had them minus three yesterday for a fairly sizable amount because I got to get caught back up. <laughs> I'm chasing at this point in the season. I, I know I'm not supposed to, but uh, but I, I felt really good about this and that Kinnick Magic gets the missed point after and God. gets me the cover so it's not a push. It's a, give me that all day. 23 to 19. Minnesota had 431 yards of total offense to only 290 for Iowa. Uh, Minnesota held the ball for 32 minutes to 27. You know, it, everything about it was crazy except for this. And this is what you would expect from an Iowa football team. Minnesota ran the ball 30 times for 63 total yards. That is nuts. And uh, everybody's in the comments right now talking about uh, has Florida State found a coach yet? We'll, we'll discuss here momentarily. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, the Minnesota game, like they played well. But Kinnick is a different beast. And if you are coming off of an emotional high, that is the last place on earth that you want to go play in the dark it, with with all of that mess going on, when Iowa has not gotten their big top ten win yet, it's not like Iowa ran them out of the gym. No, it's not. But they still got the they still got the win. Okay, yeah, they got the win. But you're 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 waxing poetic like like they beat the pants off of them. No, they they handled them. How's that? They were up twenty to six at one point. And okay. yes, Minnesota came back. I'm with you. One by four. But they still got the win. And that's a big deal when Minnesota was undefeated. I know where you're coming from. I'm not saying Minnesota's a bad football team or that they had a bad showing. All I'm saying is, if you are trying to keep an undefeated streak going, Kinnick ain't where you want to go after you get the biggest home win in the history of your school. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Is that, I agree. There you go. All right. That's it. Finally, we agree on something. <laughs> that, uh, that doesn't happen often. Um... Let's move into some SEC talk. Now, obviously, we talked about Tua. We talked about Georgia and Auburn. I am so. Let's talk about the uh, the smaller games first. Florida gets the big win, twenty three to six over Missouri. Missouri has just cratered over the past few weeks. Uh, Kentucky thirty eight, Vandy fourteen. I think this is the the end of the Derek Mason era. Now, obviously, we'll see. But you get beat like that by a Kentucky team that has not looked good for several weeks, that's uh, that's not good, especially at home. And Texas A&M, 30, South Carolina, 6. There would be nothing more SEC, nothing more Georgia than for Texas A&M to go into Athens and get that win next week. At That would shock me. Oh, I agree. But Georgia has already wrapped up the East. Georgia's still got a shot at the playoff. It would absolutely shock me as well. But, I mean, A&M has been playing pretty good. They have been playing like... It, Pretty, 
Wait, what's it? Larry David? Pretty, pretty, pretty good. So, what I wanted to ask you about. This is your guys. LSU 58, Ole Miss 37. The Rebels had over 400 yards rushing. At what point... At what point do we worry about LSU's defense? Or do we? Did they did they still win by twenty one on the road? After after the biggest win in in school history or not school history, but the biggest win in the last decade almost. Yeah, they did. So this is an optimum letdown spot, right? So like if they got out of here with like a seven point win, we'd be like, that's what you want to do. You come off a big massive win, you go on the road in the SEC against a rival, even though that rival's not very good at football, and you just want to get away with a win. And they still almost cover a twenty one point line. They push it. Yeah. And we're gonna crit this is the Oregon this was the uh, Vanderbilt game all over again. We, we, we beat them by 26 or 24 or whatever we beat them by. And everybody says, well, Vanderbilt scored 30 on you. What's wrong with you? Well, we scored 66. I don't know what the hell's wrong with us. <laughs> so if we uh, score 60 every game and you criticize the defense, be my guest. Okay? They ran like some single wing T off it. Like their, their running game is something that we're not going to go up against the rest of the season. Yeah. It's just not. Right? Yeah. The style of offense that Rich Rod ran – is something that, A, we haven't seen all year, and B, we're not going to ever see again, okay? Yeah, no, I'm with you. He pulled something out from the 30s and said, maybe this will work. Here's uh, on them ain't working. Here's the latest comments. Kurt jumped in. He said, uh, what if Alabama don't win another game this season? What if? Well, so we all I know what that's talking upset about. that, yeah. but if they get a high school team next week, yeah. and I'm not talking about, like, a, a college that, you know, is just not very good. I mean – a literal high school team. There, yeah. there are high schools in Mississippi that's going to beat the team that could line up and beat the team that Alabama's going to line up. Yes, yes. That, that's that's the fact. Uh, Ghost Dog jumped in. He said, Mizzou who? Steven Gardner on Facebook jumped in. He said, go Tigers. And then, of course, he said, that's a big-ass dog. He saw uh, Sook walk behind me. <laughs> uh, Mike, sword out a dog. Yeah. Mike, uh, Mike said, LSU run defense can be tested uh, or will be tested when they play Georgia. At, that's probably true, but we'll – I mean, it's been but, tested but already. It, it will it will be a different run offense than Ole Miss. Yeah. And we also probably won't have a 25, 30-point lead on them. So. Uh, Fletchy jumped in. He said, uh, LSU – oh, sorry. Steven said, nice haircut, Chris. So, Thanks. Fletchy Thanks. said, LSU has that game locked up from the get-go. Those were garbage points, essentially. Yes, I agree. It was 21 to nothing before he could blink. So, yes, I do agree we with that. We got down by 20 – or we didn't lead by 21, like, twice in the game. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Waxter said, Aranda is getting a ton of money to give up all those points. Oh, God. Look, it, Aranda is still fantastic, but it, he, it doesn't matter if you're giving up points. He's the defensive coordinator in all of college football. Yeah. Um, and then we, <laughs> we we got a, a 901 in there, and then we got that's a big-ass dog, man. So... <laughs> Good, uh, good stuff. Of Except course, from the crew. Counts is right behind Gary. Yes, no exaggeration on that. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's jump out of the SEC here. Hey, do you think Burrow has has wrapped up the Heisman? Yes, that's why I think getting the first quarter of the Arkansas game and let him sit down and preen on the sidelines. That's all I want to see him do is waving, dancing, smiling, throwing a towel. That's it. Get that's uh, get I'm your doing. hey, get your backup some some reps because y'all hadn't had a ton of backup reps. No, no, because I mean, they don't pull him. Yeah. O, o is on the mission. This is the FU tour for O. 
showing the world. No, everybody passed on me. I, I was a bumbling failure at Ole Miss. I get it. Nobody, USC wouldn't give me a shot. Nobody would give me a shot afterwards. Hey, that Rinaldi Bro. interview with with O talking about USC, like, yeah. good, great. That like, was his, outside of LSU, like ooh. the two schools that he grew up loving were LSU and USC. Yeah, LSU he was home. He had a chance to get that USC job. Yeah. And what have they been after him? A oh, disaster. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I think O is well. I mean, it's obvious at this point O is a better coach than Helton, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was just that was a bad decision. Better coach than Sark too, buddy. Oh, I th- yeah, I think you're probably right. I think you were probably right. Uh, let's move on. Next topic up. Let's see. Let me write my times down here. Pac-12 championship will be the big uh, biggest ever for the conference. Okay. Utah 49, UCLA three. That we had that way wrong. Uh, UCLA's driving to score three different times in the red zone. All three of those times, turnover for six, turnover for six, turnover. Are you kidding me? If those are just field goals and you don't give up the six, they're they're in a shot to win the game. It's a 12 to (laughs) like 21 ball game. Yeah, it's, uh, well, I mean, it'd be like 28 to 12 or something, which which would have been a cover. That would have been fine. But uh, but yeah, Utah looks. Uh, I mean, they're they're pretty dominant, man. They have been destroyed. So where is that game going to be played? Where's the Pac-12 championship played? Is it, it is played in, in Santa in Clara. San, yeah. Well, yeah, Santa Clara. It's at Levi's Stadium. Yeah, um, it will be. Uh, and Mike jumps back in on YouTube. He said Utah's defense is really good. Yeah. Yes, that's Oregon's like, defense is really good. It, it's why that, I had that's Utah. Be a low-scoring football game when those two teams. Play. I I think you're probably right, but I I, I mean, obviously, I think they're both. Somewhat susceptible to uh, to some explosive plays when they go up against teams that can do it. Well, Utah hasn't played a good offense the entire year. Yeah, I mean we agree on that, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not just well. I mean, to USC, but USC put thirty on them. But yeah, they haven't played a good offense, not a great offense, good offense all year. That defense is real. Yeah, but it's been real against some some okay teams. Like some this is not Mike Leach's. You know Washington State, whatever. This is not Chip Kelly's Oregon offenses. All of these offenses are down. Yeah, no, I, I do agree Oregon's with that. Down, by the way. Uh, Oregon offense isn't great. Oregon thirty-four, Arizona six. Um, I mean, that was about what you expected. You know, yeah, I didn't, I, mean, I didn't think, I didn't think Arizona was going to score much in this game. Eric jumps in on YouTube. He said LSU will not fare well in the playoff with Ohio State and Clemson. Yeah, we'll We're going to disagree with that. Uh, I watched a couple of those drives. You can disagree with me all you want. You can call me a homer all you want. Rutgers drove the football on them in the first quarter to score a touchdown. They drove it two more times, and that was against starters, not against backups. LSU might not punt against this Ohio State defense. I mean, you might be right. You might be right. But also, Ohio State may not also, punt either. Rutgers, the worst team in all of college football, had a goal line stand. Stopped them four times to keep them out of the end zone in the first quarter. This is starter on starters, okay? You call about, which, you call uh, about our run defense. Which, which cost yeah. you a Rutgers big time. If we stop you, we'll stop you. Yeah, that, that cost you a, a big time big time bet. It did. It did. That's okay. Big I, time I think bet. I made up for it, though. No, no, you absolutely did. Yeah, you profited highly. You went 7-3. and three. Now, it only profited like 100 bucks, But, yeah, 7-3 and three is 7-3. and three. Um. Let's see. Ghost Dog says my bet would be LSU and Ohio State in the championship, and then Mike said the second and third uh, touchdown was against the backups. So either way, well, yeah, 
Either but way. The, but the fact that the first one wasn't. Hey, Oregon State 35, Arizona State 34. Let's talk about Herm for a minute. I didn't want to see this happen to Herm, but I kind of had a feeling this was going to happen to Herm. Look, look, look. look. Uh, Jonathan Smith is is showing, like, it, if he's playing anybody but Washington, he has a chance to win, right? Yes. Like, yes. This that offense is, is legit. Yeah. Now, I, I brought this thing up to, to talk about those crowds that always talk about going for two on the road, it has not fared well this season. If you are Arizona State, are you not just you're seceding that um, we don't think that we can win in overtime? Is that what this is? Well, they were down the entire game. I well, mean, yeah, they had but to make a massive comeback to to get that. I mean, they were down quite a bit early. Well, th- this is um, the same thing that Iowa State did with Oklahoma. Right. So this is where you and I disagree, or we agree, and we disagree with the the like the conventional wisdom. If you're the team that had the massive comeback, then don't go for two. Go for overtime because everything is going your way. Yes, you've got momentum. Hold it on for dear life, and you're barely hanging on. Yeah, you probably want to go for two because you want this game to end. Yeah, but I, if you've got momentum, if everything is going your way, yeah. don't risk it on that unless you are Sonny Dykes or somebody else that has one of those just majestic play calls. If you've got Chris Peterson's Statue of Liberty stocked back there somewhere, then maybe you can talk. Because if you've got a guy that just runs wide open into the end zone, absolutely. If you know it's going to work, sure. But, but do you not. Have, you better have one of those calls in your hat. Because if you don't and you miss it, it's ball game. Yeah. No, I, you I think say, right. oh, we were on the road. And this, come on, man. Uh, so with the Pac-12 championship being the biggest, you know, Utah, Oregon, like it, it looks like we're heading for 11 and one. Uh, listen to this. This is uh, Ralph Russo from the AP said uh, here before we do that. Mike said I agree. The only two point conversion that should have been called is the North Carolina one. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. I do agree with the North Carolina one. Absolutely. Yeah. The other two terrible play call, they, but yeah. they had the moment. Oh yeah, the play call was awful. But they had the momentum. They controlled the football game the entire second half. You you take that control in OT. Yeah. No, you're uh, you're right about that. Um, so while we're talking about the uh, the Pac-12 championship being the biggest that it's ever been, Ralph Russo tweeted this out last night, and he said it is setting up to look like this. And he said, still two weeks of football left, lots to play. You know, there's no telling how it's going to end up. But could you imagine a championship weekend that has 11 and one Oregon against 11 and one Utah? 11 and 1 Minnesota against 12 and 0 Ohio State, 11 and 1 Baylor against 11 and 1 Oklahoma, 12 and 0 LSU against 11 and 1 Georgia. That would be an epic weekend. And a 12 and 0 Clemson against uh what like a 5 and 6. That's so that's uh, my next topic that I'm going to hey do we want to go on and move into the ACC? Can yeah, we sure. do we do we shift that quickly? I mean, do we do we I mean is there anywhere to go there? I don't know. It's just a it's fun to think about. It's it's fun to think about how how big. Uh, I mean, the AAC. If Cincinnati beats Memphis, I mean, it could be one loss SMU against one loss Cincy for the AAC. It could be two loss Cincy against Memphis again. Like there's the AAC could be a lot of fun. Uh, let's jump into the ACC though. 
First off, Clemson is a 10,000-pound ball of freaking chainsaws uh, right now. 52-3 to over Wake Forest. Let's see. Uh, we, hold on. Let's let's get to comments. Uh, Eric said, maybe right. Chris, good point. Pac-12 champ won't get in if it comes down to Oklahoma and Alabama for the fourth spot. Off topic, but my two cents. I don't know if I agree with that. Like, I don't think Alabama's getting in even if they went out. Like, it, I think without Tua, Oklahoma's you don't have that story. Oklahoma's the one loss team. It's theirs. Yeah. If, Jalen Hurts is too good of a story, and you know that's what they want to push. Yeah. It's, everybody wants another line. opportunity to slob on Lincoln Riley. Uh, Mike said, I agree. Oh, yeah, the, the UNC two-point conversion. Uh, it's shady games. The American and Mountain West championships would also be interesting. Uh, no, no, there's no doubt the Americans. The American be, will be. Incredible. It's going to be incredible. I wonder about the Mountain West, though, because I don't know. I think San Diego State is probably going to come out of the other side against Boise, I think. which could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Sid Meyer jumps in. He said, how about them Irish? We'll, we'll get to that. Don't worry. It's, it's coming. Uh, I had that. I believe I called that. Uh, yes, you did. And then Mike said the ACC is worthless. Well, we're talking about the ACC right now. So, Clemson is not worthless. This team is ridiculous right now, and I like everybody has forgotten about them. But no, they we haven't, Gary. They, but do you how about this? Nobody, nobody's forgotten. Every like, nobody's talking about them because they haven't played anybody. And I get that. But this team is unbelievable, man. Like you're judging that off the Wake Forest win. No, not just the Wake Forest win, just overall. Just this is a good football team. Like it's, I'm not saying they're not good. How about this? It is a great. It is an elite football team. We're going to disagree. Okay. That's fine. Well, here's the difference. Hang on. You know why we disagree on that? Because what? we don't know that. You're guessing because of past experiences and because of what they're doing against 9-year-olds, all right? And I am guessing based on what they're doing against nine-year-olds. Okay. You, We're both taking a guess because they're not tested. They're not proven. They won't have one good game under their belt the entire season. They're going to get in, and they're going to get hit in the mouth at some point in time by LSU or by Ohio State. Yeah, Fletchy jumped in. He said, Clemson is really handling these intramural teams they're playing. Yeah, you're right. Uh, let's see, Mike jumps in. He said, exactly, everyone talks about Clemson. They are a great football team. They will not be battle-tested. Want to see them play a game. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. So, that Clemson is not who I wanted to talk about with the ACC, by the way. Well, then let's talk about somebody else. Thursday night, you had Pitt beat UNC 34-27, to which cost me quite a bit of money, uh, in overtime. Pitt still has a shot at the Coastal. Just okay. Just out there, 7-3. Um, great. Let's see. Uh, Louisville, I wanted to bring up Louisville just as a note because they got their sixth win. Scott Satterfield. Unbelievable. Has, yes. Add that one, too. If, if it's not Dabo, Scott I Satterfield. I about that game, by the way. Oh, they yeah. were down 20 to nothing for a long time. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? This is a bad football team. UNC, you got to beat bad football teams. Yeah. And then UNC didn't score anymore, and they scored a lot. No, it was fine. Yeah, it, it, was, it was fine. Uh, Duke. Got beat 49 to 6 by a terrible Syracuse team. So I did not see this one coming in any way. I don't think anybody did. In my life. Whew. I mean, that was just, it, it was, it was turnover. Look, it just took Wake Forest a good 9, 10 games to get going. At right? Syracuse. Some people are slow starters. Yeah, it took it Syracuse like 9, 10 games. It's like, like a diesel engine. It takes about a good hour and a half to get that thing running. It just took them, you know, two thirds of the season, three quarters of the season to get running. Yeah. Like, now, these last three right. games, baby, they're going to give them hell. Now, let's talk about giving somebody hell. <laughs> the main topic I wanted to talk about. Okay. 
Virginia Tech 45, Georgia Tech nothing. We all talked at the Virginia beginning Tech's of the season. Second best team in this conference. About Virginia Tech, and like after they lose their opener to Boston College, after all of this other stuff is going on, and everybody wonders they're they're not beating these teams bad enough. You know, they can't get anything figured out. Why are all these kids transferring? What's going on? They get hammered by Duke. Since they got hammered by Duke, they've been killing everybody other than Notre Dame. And even and they, that one, they, they probably should have won. That game, too. It took Ian Book a colossal effort to come back in that one. Virginia Tech is sitting at 7-3. and three. They have... Two losses Pitt, in conference. They, they have Pittsburgh. Well, it, everybody's got two losses. On that side, but I'm just saying they're seven and three, but they only have two conference losses. Yes, exactly. They are tied in the loss column with Virginia and Pittsburgh, who they have left to play next week. They got Pittsburgh. The week after, they got Virginia. I just cannot wait. He's still alive. He's still alive. I, I, I think I would favor them in both of those games. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like I, I'm not off Justin Puente. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never said a bad word about it. I never got off. I always believed. They are. I yeah, always believed in it. That's that's what it is. We we both always believed. <laughs> never gave up on you. There was that's, there was nothing not to believe in for I a doubt, while. I doubt it for a while. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, yeah. I'm back though. I'm back. Let's. I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about this. I cannot wait to watch Virginia Tech the next two weeks because the like it it Don't may not matter. Down. Don't get beat by Pitt and lose it all. Yeah, it may not matter nationally, but this ACC coastal race is awesome. What, what like, do you think Vegas was doing with that Virginia Tech line? Do you just think they were just saying, hey, guys, we beat up on you pretty good this year. Here's a freebie? No, I think, like, Georgia Tech had been playing better. Um, yeah, but they still hadn't played great. And Va Tech had been playing really good. It's yeah, a six-point line. But they were still – and it was on the road. They were still susceptible to turning the football over but a lot, on, you know. On the road to Georgia Tech and Atlanta? I, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. In hindsight, it's it's easy to look at. Well, and oh, in real but, sight, it was pretty easy to look. Well, yeah, at. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those that that I had money on yesterday because I looked at it and was like, this this makes no sense. Like this I'm just makes I'm no bet. sense. They're gonna kill it. So uh, let's close out with uh, all right. So maybe not close out. Let's let's end this part and then I'll bring up a little a little two a note uh, okay. to close out the uh, the show. G five New Year's six update. First off, uh, Navy will not be the G5 representative. Notre Dame 52, Navy 20. Um, we Let's see. MMA Bud says, uh, agreed ACC is the seventh best conference, by the way. Uh, and then Stephen Gardner is jumping in, uh, asking about Miles Garrett and Colin Kaepernick and all hey, this. Go away. Uh, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk NFL later. That's the reason I feel comfortable saying that, guys. Yeah. I wouldn't talk to strangers that way. Yeah. Um, let's see. Notre Dame 52, Navy 20. And I don't believe Notre Dame had actually won a game in quite a while. This is what Chris Fleek was talking about, right? The Bear. He said Notre Dame as a single-digit favorite over Navy like hasn't beaten them in, what, 12 years? Something like yeah. that. Ask me how much that matters this year. Didn't matter at all, matter whatsoever. At all. Uh, that was a beatdown of it. Was it, by the time I actually looked at the score, it was midway through the second quarter, and it was thirty-one to nothing. Yes, sir. And they they could have scored seventy if they wanted to. I believe I, believe I had that too. Oh yeah, boy. yeah. You you called it. 
You 100% called it. They're going to kick somebody's butt. That was something else, man. Something else. Uh, Memphis, 45. Houston, 27. Mike Norvell does not lose to uh, Houston. Or Texas teams, for that matter. So, this game stressed me out as well. Because Memphis got down early. And then they kind of they do it like regularly all the way back, and, look, and then they just Houston just couldn't score. And Mike Norvell has this defense rolling. I know yes. that we think of Memphis, we think of offense. Houston got twenty, and then Houston didn't score anymore the rest of the game uh, until until that last touchdown. Yeah, I mean it was it was forty two to twenty, forty five to twenty, whatever it was. It was, and like, then, it was twenty to nothing. Yeah, and then it was seven to twenty, and then fourteen to twenty, and then twenty one twenty, and then it was just over. It was yeah. just over. Now that is different than Cincinnati. Yep. Who big difference gets the win? Doesn't look great doing it. I don't know what to make of this Cincinnati team. Uh, they they had the close call like the last second field goal against East Carolina. They had the last second field goal last night against South Florida. Um, I don't know. Like, what do, what do we make of this? Or do we know? I mean, I don't think we make of anything. They're just a team. I mean, it's just like all those close Baylor losses. I mean, they're a tough team, and and everybody's coming for them because they're at the top of the heap in the American, and that's just it. Yeah, I, you, I think you might be right. Now let's uh, they're getting everybody's best right now. Let's let's move off of the AAC. Uh, here we go. It's shady games. Chris, better give my boys the Broncos some respect soon, since we're taking G five or since we're talking G five. We've had three starting quarterbacks, but just keep winning solid all-around team. So, Boise 42, New Mexico 9. I I don't know that Boise or App State, who won 56-27 to over Georgia State last night, I don't know that either of those teams jumps Memphis or Cincinnati if they continue to win. I don't, I don't think... Um, I don't think they have the resume to do it. I don't either. So Mike jumps in. He said, "Being fans, we are jaded. Sometimes it's hard to get up for lower level games. Need to get or need to just get out with victories." Yeah, it's it's tough to look at like that Cincinnati game and and figure out exactly what it means, right? Like, it, yeah, it's a tough environment. Just got to get the win. Got to figure out how to you know how to get out of there with a W. But man, it, if you're not able to dominate a team that's been dominated by a lot of people. It just it, it kind of makes you wonder things, right? No, I mean, I, we just disagree there. I just think you're going to have these games when you get tough losses. Yeah. Uh, so the, the App State game, 56-27 over Georgia, uh, over Georgia State. Mike jumps in and, and brings up something that I wanted to bring up. Georgia State started Dan Ellington, who tore his ACL last week. Like, is this ridiculous? Like, yeah. I, it's you're not going to hurt the ACL more by playing. Like, Alabama no, had a punter is, but, back. But the knee is incredibly unstable. Right. Like, it, you're, Alabama had a punter named Lane Bearden that tore his ACL, and he punted the rest of the season on it. But it's just kind of nuts for a That's quarterback. Different, That's different. He's going to touch the field four times a game, and he's going to make a kick, and that's it. Let's see. Let me, let me look at the stats here because they – I mean, they – Jumped up on them, what twenty one to or no fourteen to nothing early or something like that twenty one to seven. Yeah, they they got to lead pretty quickly. Let's see. Ellington was twelve out of twenty seven for eighty eight yards passing and one touchdown and two picks 
and they eventually brought in uh, Brown, but they, you know, they ran the ball pretty much the whole ball game. Uh, that was an interesting decision by Sean Elliott, the the coach at Georgia State. Like I, I understand their backup quarterback was awful against Louisiana Monroe the week before in that second half. Um, if you ain't got a backup quarterback, you, I mean, obviously you got problems. But starting a guy with a torn ACL at quarterback, yeah, I don't, I just don't think that's safe. I just don't. Like, yeah, you can't hurt the ACL any worse. But we've talked about it. If you're hobbled, it leads to other injuries. Yeah, it leads to you taking other hits that you normally wouldn't take. Yeah, I, and or falling in a way in which you normally wouldn't fall. Yeah, it's just a bad. Bad spot. It's a bad spot. So, to close out, I wanted to bring up a note about Tua Tagovailoa because I believe this is the last time that we will see him in a college football game. So, Roger Sherman from The Ringer tweeted this out yesterday. If it is indeed the last time that we will see him playing college football, he closes with a 199.5 passer efficiency rating that is tops all-time, the previous best was 181.3. 10.9 yards per attempt, the previous best was 9.9. And a 12.7% touchdown rate, the previous best was 9.9%. That is pretty remarkable stuff. Pretty remarkable stuff. It sucks that he is gone um, because he, he was fun to watch. If for no other reason, even if you weren't a fan of him, he was a great college football player, and you just you hate to see stuff like that. I know it's cliche to say it now, like you hate to see it, but like you really do hate to see this, right? Maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> no, I mean nobody wants to see a guy get hurt like that. I mean, it doesn't matter if you suck or if you're the best quarterback of all time. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, finally, the last couple of comments here. Um, it's crazy. I agree 100% with Chris. It's unsafe uh, for a quarterback not to be able to protect himself. Yes. Ghost Dog 50 said, would Georgia State have done better staying in a Wildcat? Okay, Jimmy, your turn. Joe, you're next. That's a reasonable question, right? Yeah, I mean, I just don't I just don't like the idea of putting a kid out there that's – I mean, it's not – it's different than saying, oh, he's not 100%, but he's still playing. He, he has – the ACL is the most important ligament because it holds the knee stable. I've torn mine. Yeah. And, and the way the doctor knew it was he pulled my leg out and he moved my shin bone above my knee and put it back. And he was like, see, there's supposed to be a ligament there to keep me from doing this. Yeah. And I know that he's got a brace on, but it doesn't matter. At some point in time, I was wearing a brace when I tore mine. Yeah. And those don't always help. It doesn't always help. Uh, finally, last question on here. It said, do you guys think Tua is really the number one quarterback prospect coming out? Uh no, I don't think he was before, and I don't think he is now. I don't think the injury hurt him in that stance. I I think it could drop him a little bit because he, he won't be oh, able to go to the yes, combine or that. Being the number one guy, I think I do think that because I listen to a I lot think it's more, Joe Burrow. Yeah. I listen to a lot more NFL stuff. It is only college guys that are talking about Tua over Burrow. All the NFL guys that you listen to all just like the way Burrow plays, his style of football, and the the fact that he just seems to be able to read the defenses a little better and easier than Tua does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Aaron, he's the son of a coach. He's been doing this his entire life. 
it's 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 just a different guy in a different style of football. Well, and he's got an NFL coach, like a guy that came from the New Orleans Saints that right. brought in. And so, uh, Eric said, I believe he'll fall in the draft, and he'll fall in a perfect spot to be able to flourish in the league. That's the positive of falling in the draft is you get drafted by better teams. I was just about to say, yeah, he won't go to Cincinnati now. Yeah, that, that could be the and best then, thing for him. And then Mike and closes out. Yeah. Uh, Mike closes out. He said, I think it's Burrow and then Justin, which I guess Justin Fields, maybe? Probably is who he's talking about. I mean, it just, Justin, oh, no, Justin uh, Herbert. Herbert. That's what it is. Yeah, okay. I don't think Justin Herbert's going to be the second. He might go second. I don't think he's going to be the second best quarterback in this draft. Yeah. I mean, you know who I think is going to be the best quarterback coming out of this draft. When it's all said and done and it's all over, it's always the guy that goes late, like third, fourth round that nobody thinks of. That's going to end up being the best guy ever. And who is that? Who are you talking about? Ian oh, Ian Book. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can I mean, see it. When it's when it's all said and done, Ian Book's going to be the best quarterback coming out of this draft. This is a guy that works. That's a strong a take. That is a strong take, man. <laughs> Nobody thought Dak was going to be the best quarterback to come out of that draft. Nah, you're uh, you're right. You're right. Book's got a hell of a lot better resume than he does. Let's see. Mike said Jacob Eason. Um, no I I don't think so. I don't think so. Jacob Eason um, will be, you know, Jameis. Those ball the other team too much. Yeah, you're right. All right, we have uh, we've hit our hour, so we're gonna get out of here. Of course, go and check us out over at winningcureseverything.com. If you're not already subscribed on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, share the show out, tell your friends about it. We do appreciate all of you jumping in. the uh, The live show so far was a success. We'll do it again every Sunday going forward. Uh, we will. We'll be doing a lot more stuff on Tuesday nights after the uh, uh, what is it playoff ranking. We're going to have our reaction to that. So you can always hop back in on that. Again, if you're on YouTube, hit like, hit subscribe, share the show out, leave some comments, and tell us what you're thinking. If, uh, if you're on the podcast, because some of you guys will be soon, if you're listening on the podcast, hit uh, subscribe on that and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That thing helps out a ton. We appreciate you guys for doing it. We've got a ton of reviews already, but uh, but more is better. We always appreciate those. And make sure you go check out our sponsor, TunicaTravel.com. Tunica, Mississippi is the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six incredible sports books. We're getting into bowl time. It is awesome. Um, <laughs> let's let's close out with this uh, with this last comment before I hit the uh, the music. Trey Franklin said, first time visiting the show, and I mean no disrespect." But if Ian Book ends up being one of the best quarterbacks in this class, I'll kiss you on the mouth. I'll take it. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.